Today, we'll choose an EV for a viewer who does a lot of driving in states with few DC chargers, a snowbird who doesn't want a Tesla, and a viewer trying to decide between the two most popular electric crossovers. Hello, and welcome to Battery Bargains, a series from the Batteries Included podcast where we answer your EV buying questions. This is episode number 19. I'm Dominic Yoni, and I'm joined today by Tom Logney, Senior Editor at Inside EVs and host of the YouTube channel State of Charge, along with Kyle Connor from Out of Spec Studios. All right, so if you're looking for your own battery bargain, email us with your use case and budget. Please keep your emails to a couple short paragraphs so we can get through as many as possible each week, and we'll see about featuring your case on an upcoming episode. All right, so let's kick this thing off with our first case for today. Uh, and to be transparent, we've paraphrased these emails a bit for length and clarity. So you guys ready to go car shopping? Do it. All right. Our first email comes to us from Andre, and he writes, Hello, BIP team. I work as a dairy farm nutrition consultant in Minnesota, both Dakotas and Iowa, I drive about 50,000 miles a year, and I have been driving a, driving Teslas since 2019, currently at 60,000 miles with a Model Y. Right now, the only EV way to get around is with a Tesla, as the charging infrastructure here is very poor. Most chargers are 50 kilowatts CCS that work half the time. I am self-employed and can write off mileage or vehicle expenses and depreciation in my tax returns. What are your thoughts for my next car? I love the Rivian, and but just can't use it in this region now. The new Model S or X long range would be nice too, but feels expensive to me uh, for me to dump it into dirt roads. Maybe a low mileage Tesla S or X? I need good real life range, a charging, good ADAS system to help with long 500 mile days and something that can last for a couple of years with high DC fast charge usage. usage. Should I wait for, Should I wait with the my new Model Y for now until I put more mileage in it? My monthly budget is $950 and I could put 15 to 20,000 in a down payment. Thank you, Andre. All right, so that's our first case cut out for us. Um, so Tom, what are you thinking? So I'm thinking that your last option that you just mentioned, should I keep my my Model Y? I'm going to tell you to keep the Y. Uh, it seems like it works for you. You don't have a lot of options in your area right now as far as other manufacturers are saying. Really, Teslas seem to be the only thing because of the network. Now, we're only a few months um, we're actually only a few weeks from some manufacturers getting access to the supercharger network and a few months from many manufacturers getting supercharger access. So I think you're premature. Now is not the time for you to jump the gun. Hold on to the why. Save your money for the next few months, maybe only another five or six months. And, uh, you know, by the fall, perhaps there might be three or four or five manufacturers that have supercharger access. We don't know what the rollout's going to be, which manufacturers are going to get the get it and when. So uh, you mentioned you like the Rivians. You know, Rivians do have some good range. Uh, they're going to be getting, uh, you know, uh, access at some point. So, uh, and there's going to be a lot of other manufacturers. So hold on to your Y, beat it up a little bit more, put, pound some more miles on that thing, save your money, 
And in six or seven months, you're going to have that much more money to put down. And now you're going to have other options. You're going to have other vehicles that you're going to be able to use and access supercharger networks. So you'll be able to drive your crazy long distances, 50,000 miles a year. That's like a thousand miles a week. So you do drive a lot. And uh, that's what I would do if I were you. Right on. All right. Kyle, what do you have up here for Andre? Well, I, I think uh, certainly taking Tom's approach works, but the thing is um, more so, you know, he already mentioned everything network wise is the reason to drive a Tesla. That's why he has a Model Y, but also just the ability to run very high mileage with high DC fast charging. Tesla is great at this, especially on the newer cars. And I actually think a new Model S or X would be a appreciably huge improvement over his model Y. And so I think you need to make a determination, which is, are you going to consider another brand of vehicle when the network eventually does open up? And the nice thing is, at least in his part of the country, there's a lot of version three chargers that will work on public NACs, which is great. Not, you know, again, when this network started getting filled in on I-90 in the Dakotas, I think I was the first one to drive across it. It was all brand new version threes. Tesla waited until that was done. They're not version twos like the Southern routes. So that's decision number one. If you are going to stick with Tesla long term, I would go for a used S or X. Would not buy them new, although I guess the prices have come down significantly. But still, Dominic was mentioning he was seeing used plaids in the $60,000 range, which I would not recommend a plaid for this use case. Just a dual motor is totally fine, but they charge faster uh, in terms of holding that peak rate longer. The Model Y is a pretty weak sauce charging curve. The S and X, much beefier, much fatter charging curve. You get more range. And S and X range are very close, uh, you know, within 40 miles in the real world, something like that. I think the S is just a, a better car overall. If you don't need the space or the Falcon doors, I, I prefer the Model S, but the X is easy to get in and out of from a height-wise perspective and beat it up on dirt roads. These are Teslas. These are cars that people have been doing everything with for years. They're not special. You don't have to worry about them. They're refrigerators with wheels. They take the abuse and um, you know use it hard. And that's uh, that's how I would do it. And, and my recommendation in this case would actually to be with uh, sticking with Tesla because they just handle the high mileage. They have great driver assistance for just lane centering and adaptive cruise control and uh, the used values on especially Model S long range by the newest updated version. Um, but you can get like a 2022, an early 22 or a late 21 even in the $50,000 range if it's just a dual motor. And Model Ys are holding their value pretty well, actually. So it's probably not that big of a jump. Get a lot more range, better charging, more comfortable suspension, better sound system, better for the miles. You know, that sounds like a pretty good idea. I like, I like that one, uh, Kyle. Uh, I like the idea of holding on to just because I'm, I'm I'm a Scrooge when it comes to like spending money. Uh, so I like the idea of holding on to your car longer. You've already got 50,000 miles and it's not going to, you know, another 50,000 miles. It should be fine. I don't see any big, you know, uh, maintenance issues or anything, you know, in a Model Y over that uh, mileage period. Uh, you think that Model Model S is appreciably, appreciably better, more comfortable for driving distance, Kyle? Absolutely. Night and day. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Air suspension with the adaptive damper. You can raise it up a little bit. It's, it's like not a very well-sorted car compared to some of its competitors in a dynamic standpoint. Although with the track pack, it gets better, but that's not what this guy's doing. He's just right. floating and cruising. And mm -hmm. 
The only thing I'll say about Model S is on mine, at least it has just a little bit too much body motion, but you can dial that in with the dampers a little bit. There's an advanced mode and I kind of have it set to where I want it. I don't like the factory settings so much, uh, but yeah, just a cruiser compared to the Model Y, which like rides rough and has boominess inside the cabin sometimes. And for the doing all that kind of mileage, I would take an S or an X all day. Right. And I, I, think, I think I like the S more than the X too. The X, I think some people have issues with, uh, with front suspension maybe after a while with the, with the X. It would be the same suspension as S. Okay. I thought there's something with the, like the raising and lowering that things go out of kilter a bit. With the oh, well, the alignment changes based off of suspension height, but it does the same on Model S. Okay. Um, so yeah, you right. get a little bit more half shaft vibration in Model X. The Model X right. to me... I mean, I have both in my driveway right now. Right. I take the S ninety percent of the time. Right. Yeah, I just feel I just feel like it's uh, yeah, and it has capacity wise, like cargo wise, it should be Model S can hold just as much as the Model Y can it, pretty much. Yeah, just about. Yeah. I mean, the X is bigger for sure. Sure. Right. But I think in the, in the full email that we didn't, we redacted some of this, he said all of his tools fit in the model wide, like no problem at all. A lot of the people in his field, like drive pickup trucks and stuff, but he, you know, he's had no problem with sedans and, and the model Y. Um, so yeah. So model S would be great. And you know, those big miles, you know, treat yourself, you know, go comfortable. All right. So yeah, put me down for model S slightly used. Not very much. Yeah, don't don't go for a new one with that kind of mileage. Plus, with a used one, you won't feel bad about beating it up and hitting dirt roads. And, you know, I, I always think about, like, Model S's capabilities were best shown when Bjorn Nyland had the original Millennium Falcon, Falcon in, uh, in Norway. He was doing all those nimber tasks, driving. You know, that's when I started learning about what electric vehicles can do through his videos. Uh, you know, I, obviously, I was into EVs, but they, I was like, wow, this dude's driving up to the Arctic Circle in an electric car. This is crazy. And that's over 10 years ago now. Just think about how sorted that package has become uh, from a drivetrain and longevity perspective. So, yeah, Model Y, also great car, but uh, for that kind of usage, and you can, if you can swing an S, I would do an S over an X. All right. Okay. Um, let's see. We should move on to our next case then. And that comes to us from David. Let me just pull this up here and boom. All right. Hi, Dom, Martin, and Tom, and sometimes Kyle. Big fan of all the podcasts. I'm a snowbird that travels between Portland, Oregon, and Phoenix, Arizona, about twice a year, 1,200 miles one way. I try to do the drive in two days. It's usually just me and my small dog. I also travel around the Pacific Northwest in the summer with my wife. My current vehicle is a 2017 Prius Prime. I'm 72 and want something that is comfortable and has a great sound system, good storage space and decent range slash charging speeds. I love all the tech EVs offer. My current vehicle has a heads up display, JBL sound system with subwoofer, blind spot monitor, uh, collision avoidance system and radar cruise control. I really don't wanna lose those features. I prefer rear wheel drive for better range. No Teslas for many reasons. My price range is between 35 to 50 grand. I've looked into I've looked at the Volvo XC40, Hyundai Ioniq 5 and Nissan Aria. 
I've also pondered Kyle's enthusiastic endorsement of the 2019 Audi e-tron Prestige, but have not seen one yet. I am uh, willing to wait almost most of the 2020. I'm willing to wait until most of the 2024 models are out. Hope you can help out with some recommendations. Thank you very much, David. All right, this uh, back to you, Tom. Okay, so um, David, what I'm going to recommend is, and and this is uh, timely because just today. Ford uh, announced that they were uh, slashing the prices of the Mustang Mach-E. I'm going to recommend a California Route 1 rear-wheel drive Mustang Mach-E. You can get one, I think the price now, it dropped $8,100. It's under $50,000 now, brand new. Long range, 315 miles of range. Um, doesn't charge terribly. It's it's not the fastest charging car, but you only charge a couple times a year. You said two trips a year. Um, you know, it just means an extra cup of coffee when you're stopping for your uh, road trip, an extra 15 minutes, you're going to be waiting at the, your DC fast charger. Um, and, uh, uh, it can do, it can do, it can take the range. It's a good cruiser, long, long range cruiser. It's got good ADAS, Blue Cruise 1.2 ADAS, um, which works really well. Uh, and, uh, I think that's going to be a vehicle for you to take a good look at. You can get the rear wheel drive because you, doesn't sound like you're going to have to deal with a lot of snow. Portland, Oregon doesn't get much snow. Um, and, uh, you know, you drive down to Arizona anyway in the in the winter. So um, I don't think you need all-wheel drive. Your Prius certainly isn't all-wheel drive. So, um, you know, you, you've been living without all-wheel drive. So I think a rear-wheel drive, California run, Route 1 uh, Mach-E might be a vehicle for you to take a look at. That sounds like a pretty good uh, choice. I put up on the screen while you're talking, I put up some of the uh, price reductions that Ford made today, actually, with the with the Mustang Mach-E. Uh, the higher specs are, like, I think that's the bigger cut, biggest cuts. Yeah. So if you well, I mean, if you wanted to get in. Ford kind of had to, I won't say they kind of had to do it, but they're doing this because the Mach-E no longer qualifies for the federal tax credit. Right. Uh, you know, so to be competitive, but they went above and beyond it. Like this vehicle now is, you get $600 more than you would have gotten for the full federal tax credit last year, you know, and it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, so obviously it's right up front, like the tax credit is now, but you don't have to worry about income limits. I don't know how much money you make or whatever, but, um, you know, I just think you mentioned some good vehicles to look at also, but this is when you didn't mention. And with this price cut, you get a brand new route one Mach-E for under 50 grand. Uh, I think that's something you should take a look at. That's what 300 miles of range. 315 EPA. Nice. All right. Um, so Kyle, what, what do you have? Yeah, I think Maki makes a lot of sense. The only things that are holding me back from agreeing with Tom are that I have to agree with Tom. And also that the, the real two things are the sound system is okay, but right. it really runs out of steam up top. The Bang & Olufsen they put in those, it's like, you just kind of crank and it's always a little bit lack. It's like, come on, put another 10% in the sound system. But again, the JBL and the Prius, I never thought was actually that good. And, and here this guy's saying it's great. So maybe his relative sound system is, is different than, um, you know, some of the real expensive premium cars like an e-tron. I would highly recommend against an e-tron for this particular one, only because of the unique driving where he's going. Phoenix and out has no DC chargers. There, there is a 220 mile stretch from Phoenix up to Las Vegas, basically without any high power DC chargers, except for a Tesla supercharger. It's crazy. It's, I just had to do it in, uh, with a E Nero and E Tron and a model X recently driving to CES and like 
we had to park the e-near on the e-tron at, at a ford dealership uh at like a 24 kilowatt charger just to make the gap from phoenix to vegas two huge cities uh and you know there was headwind and so i would not recommend the e-tron there's no way you're going to be able to do that stretch um without stopping at a sketchy charger along the way the maki can do the stretch you know it's epa at 315 i think i've driven the route one uh over 340 miles over the rockies they get a lot of range but the problem is they only charge it 12 kilowatts from 90 to 100%. So you're just sitting there for, it could take an hour to go from 90 to 100%. And you that's like, you know, maybe the once a year you do it, but it's just annoying, I think. So that was the other reason I didn't love the Maki. But if you have to do that one top charge, that one stretch, it can do it. Yeah, but but there is something I don't like the body control on the Maki either for the long cruising. I really think you got to get the Mag Ride, which is the really only found in the GT versions. It really mm-hmm. settles the car down. So I, I'm gonna disagree with Tom on the Maki. I could see it making sense. This guy may enjoy it. It's a very practical choice. I'm gonna pull a wild card because he says he doesn't mind waiting, and I think the Volkswagen ID7 is the one that he should go for. It'll be around $50,000. It won't have tax credits uh, because it's going to be built in Germany, but it's going to have huge range uh, deep into the three hundreds. It's going to have a nice flat charging curve, no big peaks, but it's going to be nice for the road tripping, hopping along the way. It'll have the new software that really solves a lot of the problems that the old Volkswagens have solved. And it's just going to be a nice car hatchback like his Prius. It's nice daily. And uh, I think that that's what I would recommend. I Good can't call. argue with that. You guys saw my, I raved over the ID7 when I drove it on my first drive. I said it might be my new favorite cruiser, like a road tripper, uh, you know, and uh, it was, it just floats. And uh, so I can't argue with that. Um, you know, I, I'm still going to say you should take a look at a Route 1 Mach-E and, uh, you know, d- d- drive it. But, um, and if you can wait, um, wait for the uh, the ID7 and see, drive drive that also. But I I love the ID7. I thought it was, it's, and I've said this before on our podcast, I love it when I get surprised. I went to that first drive thinking, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be nice. You know, Volkswagen does a nice job with the reviews, but after driving her for a while, I'm like, this thing's really nice. I feel like I'm driving an Audi, not a Volkswagen. So, um, seats too, right? It was, it was everything about it. It was one of the most comfortable, smooth, quiet, um, just pleasurable, drives that I had. And I think Jordan from out of spec felt the same way. We were like kind of looking at each other because we shared the car saying like this damn thing's better than we thought it was going to be. So yeah, that's, that's a good call, Kyle. Yeah. I mean, I think from, from like a cruising perspective, the Maki, I just don't like the seats. And for me, I'm a very personal preference. I've never jived with that car. Everyone knows that. I love the Lightning, the F-150 Lightning all in that car is awesome. That truck. Uh, But the Maki is just not my thing. Um, the ID7 will let you DC charge it all you want because that's already been proven on the MEB platform. It's got incredible seats, great driver assistance, banging sound system, uh, cooled, heated, massaging. It's got, you know, I don't know if the route planning is going to be all that good, but, you know, you'll find the stops that you hit along the way. If you're a nerd, it'll be kind of fun. That's, I, I think, really this is the choice. And if if you're yeah. into massaging seats, Sardom, uh, Kyle just mentioned the massage. If you're into massaging seats, they have ridiculous massaging seats. You can adjust them like 
20 different ways. You could have just your lower back or just your sides, your hips. Like we were, we were just playing around with it. It had like the most adjustable massaging seats I think that I've ever had. And, uh, um, yeah, I've got a bad back. I've had a couple back surgeries. I was able to just get it right where I have a problem and not massage anything else and just massage that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to wait to at least check out ID7. If you don't like it after you check it out, you get you can get another vehicle. Kyle, how long is it going to be? I forget when 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 when's that coming? Is it even coming this year? Uh, let's just see if the U.S. Uh, because they're already becoming out very soon in Europe. ID seven USA arrival date is second half of 24. You don't have to okay. wait long. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, uh, unfortunately they won't have the, they just introduced the tour. That's the station wagon version of that for Europe. Uh, yesterday, I think it was, uh, but at least the standard car in here, the standard car still is a big hatch though, which is nice. Uh, yeah. It has a lift back. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And he doesn't, it doesn't look like, like storage or, cargo space is like a big issue with for this gentleman either so the yeah i was going to suggest the volvo xc40 since he mentioned it and then the, the, the 2024 xc40 you know has a lot more range i guess than before so 293 miles is uh actually it's gonna be what the is it gonna be the ex30 now volvo has just changes the nomenclature so yep. it's models they the, all begin with ease now they all begin with ease oh yeah. really so it's no longer yeah. recharge XC it's yeah. not XC40 nope. now. It's EX40. E, yes. What? That's e the first time hearing of that. No way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just announced it like yesterday. All oh, the wow. EVs are going to start with E. Right. So it makes it a lot simpler yeah. to figure out for, for you know the oh, people. God. I hate this though. <laughs> I was a little confused. Every car is going to be electric. Why do we need an E in everything? At least it's not like the E dash whatever you know, like E Golf, you know, or. EXE 40 or <laughs> it is kind of an EXE 40 because now it's an EX 40. Right. But they have like the EM, you know, 90s, like the minivan, like yeah. minivan in, in China. Not good. That's a bad name. Okay. Cross um, is supposed X was for the lifted ones. And then they put the XC 90, you know, for the cross country 90, but that was the SUV. And I was already upset about that. I don't know. That's news to me. I didn't need to know that today, but okay, uh, sorry, uh, we'll take that. We'll, we'll take that. But back, the back. only issue with the XC 40 recharge is like, it would be fine up in Portland. He could cruise around, whatever. It's just not a great cruiser. Okay. For distance to me. Yeah. I haven't driven the new rear wheel drive. I'm sure like it's more efficient or whatever, but like the, the ID seven gives you room to like relax. in. the XC 40 is, small and like tight and i think would actually have less room than the prius oh really maybe room isn't a big deal to him but it, the xc40 is a tight small car and i think like the ex30 doesn't feel that different than the now the ex40 right are we confused huh. on naming it yes i'm getting there <laughs> <laughs> ex30 that's a small one that's coming up right we didn't, we didn't mention that for this particular case not worth it for road tripping yeah, it can do it, um, but it's not built for it. It's a, it's a, it's a range is like two seventy five, I think. For well, the, it's uh, only drive. fifty EPA. something kilowatt hours, right? Yeah, it's not the biggest battery. And, no, yeah, versus real world is going to be two fifty. You could get eighty seven usable in the ID seven and have a real monster cruiser. I think it's right. it's nice to have a, a sort of a luxury ish car. The ID seven is going to give you the most luxury feel for the lowest price. Yeah, yeah. this is a I, long yeah. trip the Portland down to Arizona, that's not a yeah. short road trip. So that's, you want a nice, nice comfortable trip. cruiser. 
the ID seven, I would, I would, I would take that uh, cruise in, in the ID seven any any day of the week. If the budget was higher, I was going to suggest a, a Lucid, personally. But that's also in that same vein, you know, nice, comfortable, long distance cruiser. Did he but, mention uh, anything about driver assistance though? Because I think Lucid did. still is limited oh, to pre-mapped highways, and that stretch from Vegas to Phoenix is not mapped. I believe. Uh, no, the, the previous the previous uh, letter was one was ADAS. ADAS. Oh, okay. this, this one didn't doesn't mention ADAS. Yeah, Lucid totally fits the bill. It's just you know twenty thousand yeah. dollars for That's the base version, twenty thousand dollars out of budget. Right. All right. Well, let's go to our final email for the day. And that comes to us from, from Ryan. All right. And there it is. So hello, batteries included gang. Hey, we're in a gang now, guys. Um, <laughs> need help in selecting my EV purchase. I have a budget of 40K and would like a nice sporty SUV. I have a Ford Escape now and would like something similar size or a little larger with less than 30,000 miles. I would also like a range of 225 plus miles as we will be road tripping occasionally and the weather gets cold here in the winter. He's in St. Louis, Missouri. I have been considering used Tesla Model Ys and Ford Mach-E. Most Mach-E I've found would be premium trim and even a couple GTs are options in the price range for the extended battery extended range battery and added performance. My main concern on the Maki is the CCS port and wonder if it will be too much of a pain to use adapters all the time with Nax being the, the better charging experience. The Tesla concern is the fit and ride quality issues and only having Tesla as an option to service the vehicle. Should I get a Model Y now and then trade it to a Ford in a couple of years when the Nax is available native on the car, or should I get the Ford now and deal with adapters to Nax? Home charging would be an expense later too, as I would eventually need to switch from CCS to Nax down the road with the next vehicles. Also, any advice on checking battery health quality on used Mach-E? Thanks so much for your input, Ryan. All right, uh, Tom. I don't know, do you want to start with the battery health situation? first so um uh yeah what geez now i can't believe i'm drawing a uh, blank um uh re uh what's it called recharge Kyle? recurrent recurrent recurrent, recurrent. yeah re re recurrent has um uh some really good battery data um i'm, I'm not sure how much they have on mach e at this point i know they're trying to log information on all of the evs out there uh i, I haven't stayed on top of what they have with that. I know they came out with a report for Tesla vehicles and they're also monitoring a lot of other vehicles, but I don't know if they have good solid data yet on, on all the other makes and models. Actually, this is a good reminder that I need to reach touch out to the reach out to those guys and, and, and get caught up with what they're doing now. Um, I mean, other than uh, you know, recurrent, I don't know if any other organization or whatever, where you can really get good battery state of health information that's solid that compares it to the other uh, Machis, let's say in the fleet out there, like, like they did with the Tesla vehicles. Um, for the second part of it with, as far as the charge ports, I think we need, we just need to record a, uh, a, a, a short video, Dom, where I speak my opinion and then let Kyle speak his exact opposite opinion. And then when people keep asking this question, just hit record. So we don't have to keep going over it. We could just go have a drink somewhere while, while you're playing it. Oh, so, sounds good. so we talked about this in the last battery bargains. 
episode. And um, uh, so my position, I'll, I'll speak this first and then Kyle will tell you why I'm wrong, is no, please don't wait for the manufacturers to switch over to, to Next. It, in my opinion, it makes very little sense. The only use case for this is if you do a ton of road tripping and you're going to be using super superchargers a lot. You, you mentioned in the email that you're going to do an occasional road trip and you said you only need range of 225 miles. So I don't think you're going on 2000 mile road trips, you know, every month or so where, where you're going to be hitting up DC fast chargers all the time. Um, you talk about your home charger, you're going to need to get a home uh, charging solution. And you mentioned CCS, what you'd be charging at home with is J1772, not CCS, but it's easily understandable why you confuse that. Um, you could get uh, a charger like this one right behind me that has the the NAX port and the J1772 built right under it. So you're future proofed. Uh, it's actually a really good deal at a really good price if you don't want to deal with adapters. Um, but if you were to get, uh, let's say, a, a J1772 equipped vehicle now and bought a J1772 charger, um, you know, 95% of your charging is going to be with this charger. You don't need to use an adapter. You're only going to use an adapter when you're on the road and you're not using CCS charging stations. You're using the Tesla stations, which you'll do that on occasion. But in many instances, you're going to be using CCS chargers, so you won't need an adapter. I think people, it seems like so many of our followers, not just our followers, followers on my channel, just assume that next year, all of a sudden, you'll need an adapter to charge your vehicle. And, and it's just not the case. Um, you, you, you'll, you'll, most of your charging, you're not going to need an adapter. Occasionally you will. They're going to have them out there. If you're a Ford customer, for instance, you're going to get the damn thing for free. Um, and, uh, you know, if you use it occasionally, it's, it's going to last forever. Like it'll burn out. Maybe you might have a problem with your adapter. If you're using it three times a week, you know, and charging for 40 minutes each time you charge. But, um, you know, you're going to get the official Tesla adapter from Ford. If you were to get a Ford product, you could be, you could buy one if you buy a different product. So you're, you're the, this, this, um, thought process that if you don't buy a Nax EV, you're going to be using adapters all the time. is just a flawed argument. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's a misconception in my opinion. So, um, that's my thoughts. And now Kyle, I'll tell you why I'm wrong. Nope. I think you're totally right. The only reason I thought you were wrong before was there was someone who was going to keep their car for 12 years mm. and that makes a difference, I think. But this, right. this time, if you're only keeping it a few years, you're going to need an adapter either way. Just, it doesn't matter which way you use it. No question. The NAX is nicer to interface. It's not a huge deal. I mean, I plug in, you know, five seat uh, J1772 cars a day and it, I get it in there, but even then, like sometimes I'm like, oh crap, it's the middle of the night. I can't see anything versus Nax. I can just throw it in. That should not be a buying decision maker break, in my opinion. Um, but but if you're weird, then maybe it is a buying decision maker break, or if you're gonna keep the car for a long time, I don't know. Here's the thing that matters to this guy is a sporty SUV. And welcome to out of spec. That's what we do. The Mustang Maki -E should be immediately crossed off your list as being the least sporty SUV. I've ever driven. Uh, it gives you just a few seconds of power before it completely derates. Unless you get the GT performance with mag ride and all the nice stuff, it's completely uncomposed. And we've done a review of the Mach-E. Just watch my driving dynamics review when it first came out. We were literally at tire squeal for the entire video going the speed limit. It has these little bicycle tires to get all the range out of it. And it's just not built for that. It is occasionally fun because it is 
drifty and you can oversteer it, but you can't like fully, at least on the early ones, you can never fully disengage traction control. I think now you can to a point, um, but it's just, it's not, that car is not that sporty. Model Y, certainly sporty. Surprisingly sporty is the XC40 Recharge, which is now the EX40. That is like a car that no one thinks about. You can get a dual motor one, 400 horsepower, and has you know, 200 miles of range or whatever it is, like that's fine. Uh, I haven't driven the new updated one. I don't think the new one gets an updated all-wheel drive system crazy like the other ones, but the dual motor um, XC40 Recharge or EX40, now that is like a nice handling car uh, that's pretty fun and enjoyable and within the budget, especially used. Uh, Model Y performance is certainly going to be crazy with track mode. You can have fun and slide it around and or dial it up to not slide around and just be fast. Uh, that's definitely going to be the sportiest electric uh, small crossover that I can think of. Ionic 5N comes to mind, but it'll be out of budget, of course. EV6 yeah. GT, um, those are certainly... Very spicy, and there are some good deals on those right now. Yeah, I need to pop over to to a website and see what kind of prices are getting the uh, Fort Collins Kia, my local dealer who gave us the EV9, Fort Fort Collins Kia store. They have an EV6 GT that they are just going to blow out. So we're talking pretty good values on those. Not what was his budget up to 40 grand? Up to 40, yeah. I don't think it's going to be 40 grand. Okay. I think it's going to be above 40 grand. But that would be one to go for. So used Model Y performance should be not far off 40 grand. Ooh, yeah. yeah I'm looking at the... So you I'm, have to get pull. performance, though. Sorry to interrupt. Only because any of these vehicles, if you're a sporty driver, you want to disable safety systems. And in order to disable safety systems in Model Y, you have to get performance with track mode. Whoa, EV6 GTs are 40 grand used. That's yeah. crazy. Low miles too, look at that. I wow, mean, deal of the century right there. Let me just clean title. No I wouldn't buy one of those recorded. red ones. They're probably all the old press cars that had the snot kicked out of them. But if you find one that's not red... <laughs> You should be okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, forty thousand. There's a stormtrooper there. The green. Yeah, one of these dealers will sell it to you for thirty nine nine. Yeah, you can you can, right? You can uh, bargain, you know, bargain with these guys, and they'll they can come down a little bit. I'm sure. But all these four, now. four, five, six thousand mile EV6 GTs. I think that they must have let the press fleet go. They're all the same spec that was in this press fleet. And that's typically about how many miles a press car gets on them. Maybe a little bit more before they dump them. Right. Yeah. Once we get white ones and everything. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think you can get an EV6 GT for 40 grand. Wow. That's great car at a great price. Wow. That is amazing. I love that car. Yeah. Yeah. They they look great too. I, you know, I've really come around on EV6, like styling wise, they really catch your eye going by. They're pretty pretty decent cars. It's extremely sure. inefficient. I don't know if 225 miles is possible on the highway with this. Oh, with the GT? In, in the wintertime, yeah. yeah. It's uh, unbelievably inefficient, but okay. it's unbelievably fun. Right. Right on. It's so crazy. I mean, it is one of my favorite cars I tested last year. So looking for yeah, so Tesla Model Y or Maki or was it GT? No, I don't know. 
so so you think Model Y? So he was talking about the, one thing about the Model Y. He was saying he didn't like the. Uh, he was worried about the build quality and uh, the ride. I think the rides changed a lot over time. And I think the ride would be fine now. But he would have to buy a used one for forty grand. Right? Can you buy so. a used Tesla Model Y for forty grand? I'm oh yeah, sure you, I'm pretty sure you can. Um, and with the, the other thing, uh, build quality. I'm, you know, the newer ones, like within the last couple of years, something anything built at the Gigafactory, I think the build quality is going to be fine. It's they not would like not a, have built performances at the Gigafactory, I don't think. Okay, you don't think? Yeah, I think I it was only forty six eighty in long range, and all performances came out of Fremont. Right. I don't know. It's always hit or miss. You got to evaluate the car itself. Okay. I mean, and with te- too with Tesla too, you can also test drive it for a few days if you buy it from the, from Tesla itself. Don't don't but, buy it from don't. Tesla. Yeah, the, their used prices are kind of high, actually. Yeah. It's not not so not so great. Um, yeah, so has to buy used. Mm. I don't know if I'd go for the perform. I don't know if you need the performance really. You absolutely do. If you want to be sporty, you need to be able to work the car and feel the chassis. This is you know, not a normal driver. He's asking for something to go and have fun and enjoyment. And with fun and enjoyment, you need increased cooling with track mode. It does that it has better braking package. And of course, completely adjustable vehicle dynamics on the screen. But not, not to throw a, lot, a whole lot of shade at the Ford Escape, but Coming from that car to a, just a regular Model Y, it might feel like plenty sporty to him. Yeah, you're always going to be comparing it against your previous automotive experiences. But right. if you really want to expand the performance side of your enthusiasm, have a car that you can grow into and learn. And, and you know, actually, you could take a Model Y performance to a track day. It'd be fine. Polestar 2 also we haven't mentioned. Polestar 2 performance mm-hmm. with the performance upgrade pack. Cheap, used Awesome car. Okay. But a little bit smaller. It might not do the range he needs, though. Yeah, I think the Polestar 2 Performance and the EV6 GT are going to be very close in range, and it's going to be not 225 usable unless you drive sensibly. Probably not 200 usable. Yeah, Max says he gets about 180, 190 out of his Polestar 2 Performance in the wintertime. So used Tesla Model Y Performances can be had... Depending on how many miles you want to, you're willing to deal with, for yeah, uh, say mid 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 to high thirties for a nice one. Yeah, but yeah, we definitely go up to get up below thirty thousand miles if you can. Yeah, that's what he wants. He wants less than thirty thousand miles himself too. So that's uh, actually that's something you can adjust on the uh, cars.com website. Not a sponsor yet. Um, all miles, lowest miles, best price. Miles next one more year. down. One more. Here we go. Finally. All right. And we're looking at yep, thirty three. Thirty-four. Oh yeah. Fifteen thousand fifteen thousand two hundred miles. Could, could be a hit car. You never know. Yeah, I think I I think this would be no accidents, clean title. So Well, don't yeah, don't trust it, but yes. Right, right. Always Definitely do your research. Do oh yeah, check your Carfax report and uh all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I th- think that's probably, the, I would go the Tesla Model Y performance. That's, I can't argue with that price. It's, you know, in the budget. It's just the, it's not about the power. It's all about the dynamics that you can unlock. True. You can disable stability control with sexy buttons, but it, it's still the powertrain splits a little bit weird. Um, so, you know, again, asking for sporty, you're going to drive sporty. got to turn, turn all that crap off. Right. All right. So I think that brings us to the end of our show. 
If you have any questions or comments, please leave them below or get in touch with us on the social media platform of your choice. Don't forget, if you like the show, please give us a thumbs up. If you didn't like the show, please give us a thumbs up. Click subscribe, tap that bell icon for notifications. Thank you all very much for joining us and we'll see you all again in the next one. Ciao. Yeah.